You ready to let the dogs out? What? Do what? <laughs> let the dogs out. You know, like, who let the dogs out? Who, who? You're listening to the Victory Bells podcast. Yeah, it's made with bits of real banter. So you know it's good. With the latest in everything Red Raider sports. I almost numbchucked you. You don't even realize. Hey, Ma! Can we get some meatloaf? Here's Will McKay. You know, I'm just a just a big, hairy American winning machine. If you ain't first, you're last. And Matt Clare. Hey, guys. Oh, big golf, huh? All right. Well, see you later. What is up, everybody? Welcome into this week's edition of the Victory Bells podcast. I'm your host, Will McKay. And as always, joined from the Dirty Third down there in, uh, well, I guess this week you could give it another name, Flood City. Uh, yeah. Down there in Houston is my man Matt. You uh, are you and uh, you and your kin gonna float away, or y'all making it, man? No, we're good. I mean, uh, I guess Houston's pretty big. It's one big circle for those that aren't familiar. And I'm on the south side of the circle, and I mean, I didn't leave my house whatsoever on Monday, so I can't tell you what it was like out there. Uh, I do know that uh, most folks stayed home, and then most folks were sent home early, so it was kind of like a three-day weekend down here, which was cool. And then today, I didn't really have to go in, but just kind of felt guilty about the day before and ended up going in and it was another ghost town type of day uh, at the office. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's getting better. I think it's, I, I see different pockets of the city affected in, in different ways. You always, of course, downtown yeah, right. and the areas around, but then up North and like Conroe and some of that where, where maybe some of the lakes spilled over uh, you, you just see a lot of funny pictures. And then today, there was, uh, I guess somehow, I didn't read the story, so I don't know the details, but somehow some animals got out of the Houston Zoo. I saw the pictures. And there was the tiger, and, or the lion, and the hippo, and something else. So I did not see the lion. I saw the hippo, and at first I didn't believe it. I thought, you know, because people are so good at Photoshop right. now these days. It wouldn't be and, hard. And, but it just kept coming up on my Twitter, and so I Googled it, and, and sure enough, I mean, they're, they're right off there. I mean, that's a major exit. It's a kind of a major area that's right uh, right below or right literally next to the Houston Medical Center, which, you know, of course, thousands of people are there. Uh, so anyway, I don't know. <laughs> it should be funny to, to exit and see a hippopotamus. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I don't think as many people know. The, the, did you know, like, hippopotamuses literally are, like, the most dangerous animal in the world? No, like, I didn't like, know that, it's, Will. It's like a tell thing. me more. I will, I will tell you more because hippopotamuses are living, breathing death machines because – they're amphibious, they go on land, and they just kill people. Like, they they kill people per capita more in Africa per year than, like, lions, tigers, and all that other stuff combined. So, uh, all I'm saying is, you know. if you're around a hippopotamus, watch your ass. So, that's well, all he I better not. Say. He better not mess with my mid-sized SUV. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, but yeah, oh. thanks, for, thanks for asking though, but we're good. I mean, I, I, I wish it would rain some more. I, I love just, uh, sitting around on the internet all day. Don't we all? Yes, we certainly do love that. And speaking of weather and the internet, uh, you know, we were supposed to have, uh, our spots, our site specifically in the Red Raiders and all that, uh, Texas Tech's supposed to have a big visit weekend and have a big spring game last weekend, all that stuff. And, I think all the weather kind of it kind of scared everybody a little bit, and they changed all the baseball times, canceled the spring game, and moved it to you know just kind of a scrimmage on Friday. And 
uh, of course, in Lubbock, Texas, you would the day you think you know the world is going to end is the most gorgeous day of the entire spring when there was like three clouds in the sky. So, uh, you know, it sucks it worked out like that, and you guys kind of ended up getting the brunt of all that bad weather. But uh, regardless, you know, still had the spring game. You know, it sucks you didn't get to have all the visitors in you were going to get to get to have in Lubbock, but. Uh, Got to, you know, still have a little bit of a scrimmage and wasn't really a spring game. But, but you know, at least got another chance to, to kind of see what uh, what Tech looks like one more time before uh, before the spring ends. So, so it was good to get to see that. And uh, I don't know, man, I guess just from your perspective, too, I guess it's kind of one of those things where you kind of got egg on the face if you're Tech a little bit with what happened on Saturday. But uh, I, I understand, though, that they had to take precautions with kids trying to travel, you know. Well, yeah, and I mean, I guess it's the it's the possibility. It's the it, you have to somebody has to make a call, and I think you know, uh, and we can talk about it a little bit more, maybe as one of our off-topic subjects. But you know, the NCAA has pushed forward a, a new rule to allow parents to to come on official visits, uh, you know, paid for flights and paid for a hotel. Uh, and I think that that factors into these off-season visits. You know, the kids and their parents want to know if they're yeah. making a trip out there that that it's going to be worth their time. And if and, and if you're that parent, if you're loading up the car and driving four or five upwards of eight hours to and from Lubbock, Texas, and paying for a hotel and gas and all that, you know, which for everyone else means something different. You know, you might want to know that you're not driving into a rainstorm and you know putting yourself in danger. I mean, there's the, the the school's not going anywhere, the program's not going anywhere. You know, I made the comment, yeah, you know, you're gonna miss a few guys here and there just because timing and yeah, it sucks. But you know, when you really sit and think about it, the the kids that that want to visit Lubbock and the kids that are truly interested in Texas Tech, I mean, they're gonna come visit For again. Sure. So, so you know. I wouldn't even say egg on the face. You just got to do what you got to do, and uh, you know I think that they just made that call. And 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 don't kid and yourselves. Those those those, yeah. I mean, I guess anybody listening, those kids knew about that game being canceled way before. You know, Will and I were getting text messages a couple of days before that saying that it was, it was a, a high possibility. Yeah. It's just not our place to you know. What do we gain by putting that on the board or something Before like that? They so, get a chance to tell all those kids, especially. It, yeah, so so they made the call. It came out. I mean, it is what it is. But you know, like I said, you got to check out the practice. I know you were at the the Midland scrimmage as well. So um, I, I don't know. I know you said it was seemed very informal, but you know, you got to you got to see these guys up close. You got to spend a lot more time at the practice. Uh, you know what? Uh, you know what did you see, and, and what were some of the things that that really stood out to you? Yeah, and, and I'll preface this first by saying, you know, at the Midland thing, we got to sit in the press box and kind of see that view of things. But at this at this scrimmage, they really treated it basically like a practice where, uh, as the media, we just all kind of stood on the sidelines and kind of viewed things. So uh, maybe didn't get quite the bird's eye view, you know, I did at Midland. So so some of the stuff maybe with the DBs especially I didn't get to see as much of. So uh, I'll just kind of preface it by saying that. And uh, I'll, I will say this too before – I kind of dive into what I saw at the scrimmage. You got to remember at the end of this, at the end of the spring, the defense has seen the offense in 16, 17. I can't remember the exact number. It's 16 or 17 practices. So they, you know, after seeing them that much, they know what's coming and they know exactly what the offense is trying to do whenever they line up in certain formations, you know, what plays are likely coming. So they kind of, you know, have a good idea of, of what they're going to see a lot more so than what they did in the Midland scrimmage. Also, Cliff made a point of, of you know saying afterwards, and, and you could see it during the, the contest that for the you know for this uh, for this practice, they really slowed the pace down. They didn't go up tempo at all. 
because they wanted to give both the offense and the defense uh, some uh, kind of a big, you know, portion of uh, of film that those guys could watch and the coaches could teach them off of in the offseason. Because now, obviously, you get a couple hours a week uh, to have those guys in the film room and, and talk about things with them. So they wanted to do that and kind of slow things down and make it digestible. So the offense didn't run their up-tempo stuff like they did in Midland. So the defense didn't see any of that, just kind of the straight-up play. So that makes it a little bit different, too. Um, but but, that, but with that being said, I think from the scrimmage overall, the defense did have a much better day on uh, on last Friday than they did in Midland. Uh, first and foremost, I think you look at the DBs, and they had a, a, a whole lot better of a day. Didn't give up but one play, one, one long play, and it was about like a 35-40 yarder where uh, Pat completed a pass to Zach Austin down the seam. And it was a great pass by Pat where he just kind of uh, – just kind of grooved it in there over the top and in one-on-one coverage. So uh, really not much you could have done on that play. But other than that, I just thought the defense just had a much better day. And you can see these guys, I think, really kind of starting to get it as far as being year two in the defense and having a grasp on where they're supposed to be. And what they and they all know what to do because all these guys played last year because uh, other than John Picconi and, I guess, Luke Stice, who's kind of playing both fullback and linebacker right now, uh, everybody else, you know, has been here and through the system for a whole year. So they, they have a, a really good feel for each other and what's going on. So I thought, you know, the, the offense really didn't – no player really had a big day at all. Uh, and I think a lot of that was because of on a lot of these short routes that, that Tech is so good at, you know, completing where they get the ball of these guys in space and then just kind of let them do their thing. I thought Tech did a really, really good job, out of the defense anyway, did a really, really good job of tackling in space and – Really getting guys down, which I thought was a you know very noticeable improvement over what I saw, especially you know last fall a lot of the time. Uh, and then at the same time, I too I think this defensive line is really starting to uh, grow a lot. It's a really athletic group, you know, both inside and outside, and really liked what I saw out of both Andre Pipkins and Broderick Washington and nose tackle because I don't think you've really had a good one yet as far as you know a nose tackle in David Gibbs system just because I think. Uh, I think that Rika Levy was just kind of an up-and-down player that you got a couple of good snaps out of a game. But I feel like you're going to get a lot more consistency out of Andre and, and, and Broderick as far as a nose tackle goes, so I think you're happy about that. And then again, just like in, in the middle of scrimmage, I think your your defensive ends like Gary Moore and and, uh, and Zach Barnes and, and all these other guys, you know, once again, you know, they really got after, you know, these offensive tackles, and I think it, it's more credit to them as players than it is uh, a negative about the offensive line. So I'll just say that the defense had a better day. Offense didn't have a great day. Didn't necessarily have a bad day, but didn't really hit any big plays or really just run away with it. So that was kind of my big takeaway. Well, good. So I've, 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 I think maybe I read that in your report and, and I'd seen it on some other stuff, but I guess from a coaching perspective or an X's and O's perspective, I guess I understand why the coaches would slow things down on offense to, uh, to maybe put the defense in a better position to learn. But I guess one could also argue that, you know, throughout this Big 12 conference that really very few of the offensive, uh, offenses slow down. Um, I guess yeah. from a coaching perspective, you know, is this a common tactic? I mean, if, if somebody if needs to yeah, understand, think- you know, why a coach would do this, you know, what, what's the, what's the, the, the the point in, in slowing it down and, and what does it achieve? The point, in my opinion, is, and like I said, is they're going to teach off of that tape all off season long where they can, because I think you, in order for you to really process what's going on 
whenever you play all these up-tempo offenses, you first need to ha- have a really good understanding of what they're trying to do. And if you don't have a really good understanding for that, I think once they go up-tempo, you just get shredded. And that's what happens a lot when, even whenever Tech you know, played a team like LSU, LSU doesn't see anybody all year long other than maybe A&M, uh, who runs an offense at the same tempo that Tech does. And you saw it even that bowl game against LSU. Whenever Tech would start getting a couple plays together and start really rolling, that LSU kind of would panic, and uh, they'd either call a timeout or one of these kids would uh, fake an injury just being straight up. And yeah, I mean, uh, it's just part. I mean, it's just part of it. You know, it just is. Uh, so any team that doesn't see what you know what these these up tempo spread offenses do on a week in week out basis just isn't going to have a great grasp for the fundamentals of what the offense is trying to do. And I think you got to slow it down first for this defense so they can get a good idea and learn it slowed down. And then you slowly start picking it up and speeding it up where once they kind of have it down, then they can start picking it up at a faster pace. But that's, that's just my opinion on it. And I think it gives them, like I said, good tape to teach off of in the offseason, not just for the defense, but I think for the offense too, when they're trying to learn the playbook. Okay. Well, I just wanted to ask cause I was, cur- uh, excuse me, I can't talk curious Curious. myself. Hello. Um, I was curious myself, and so as you explained it again, I remembered uh, reading about that, and, and just wanted to ask. So, so cool. So, um, you know, we've had the the quote unquote spring game slash practice slash you know whatever it was, um, and and you know I guess what you were referring to earlier, the egg on the face or that feeling, is that you just you you had um, not only canceled the spring game and, and done this practice thing because of weather. But you really, but I mean, you really kind of shortened your visitors list by at least a dozen a recruits dozen as well. So that's yeah. that's kind of where the that sinking feeling comes from. But again, like we said, the some of these kids will visit; they'll uh, they'll, they'll take care of business at a later date. But there were uh, there were a handful of young men on campus. I want to say two or three tops. I think uh, two that, or three, yeah, as all. Yeah, yeah, and, and I know that the the main guy was uh, Kevin Ledee, and and I guess Drew talked to him, and and we've got that report. You know, no offer right now, uh, but another kid that he kind of reminds me of the young man out of uh, Cibola Steel last year. It's a uh, really tall. really good comparison. Uh, yeah, tall. Yeah, right. So tall, wiry. Um, but six four frame and, and something that they could work with within this offense. I mean, you've seen those those body types work. You've seen those guys uh, play on the outside here at Tech, you know, off and on. So I mean, having more of those guys couldn't be a bad thing. And no. and we'll see. I mean, I guess what I took away from the report was that um, you know you never know about these individual schools how you know how good or how talented they are. But you know, in the touches that he did get, he had almost six hundred yards and about a dozen or so touchdowns and, and made first team all district. So, you know, he's out there making plays and, uh, you know, we'll just have to keep following him, but that was really it on the recruiting side for this. Yeah. Weekend, as far right? as, yeah. I mean, I think as far as, you know, kids that you had a chance of getting an offer, I think that was it. And I think that was, that was the thing I think that, that I think you, you just kind of, you know, you kind of kick dirt about and get mad about as far as getting kids. And I this weekend is you don't have, uh, you don't get to have uh, Bronson Boyd uh, and my man that just got offered on the off- offensive line from Huffman Hargrave. I'm uh, Dennis Bardwell. Dennis Bardwell, yeah. You didn't get to have those two kids in, and I think you felt really good about where you were at with those kids. And then you don't get to have a couple of those those 2018 kids that I think you really wanted to set things up with for down the road, which would be like Dallas Carter defensive end, Jarrell Cherry, 
the two Yoakum twins, uh, the Moore sure. brothers. Uh, and that, I think that's really kind of it. Uh, the, the Rivals 100 running back, I, I think that's really kind of what you miss out on the most, don't you? Yeah, but again, I mean, there's there's time for that. So I, I guess it's not a, a, a net negative or anything like that. But that, like you said, that is the bummer part of it. Um, I, I guess I would say that um, the kids that that they the the maybe the underrated visit weekend that they had last weekend, you for know, sure, it kind yeah. of it kind of really takes us into our, our next topic, which is you know, hooray! There's some offers to talk about. Will. Well, looky there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, this is it's so weird. I don't know what to do with my hands. Um, but I, you know, the the we we kept saying it. You know, there hasn't been fireworks. There hasn't been explosions. Um, it's all been pretty. I, I I can't use the word predictable, but these are all kids that we've talked to that we've introduced the fans to via you know various board updates or you know. Uh, Red Raider confidential yeah. posts, right. You know, so these are kids that have been on campus. These are kids that, you know, have been in touch with the coaches for a while, um, with the exception of one. Uh, I mean, I guess we could start there because that's the guy we know the least about, but we can certainly talk about the why. Um, it was announced uh, either that was pregame or postgame, but Kingsbury announced that Robert Castaneda is no longer with the team at the moment, at he was moment, asked, but I would guess that's a permanent thing. Sure, sure, sure. So, you know, he just, he just, uh, chose no comment, but everything that Will and I have been told is, is that, uh, that is an open roster spot moving forward. So the coaches are out there just trying to meet as many, uh, late, uh, late qualifiers in the 2016 class at the Juco level, just a big body. Think someone that, uh, that they could use like an, a Mecca Okafor, um, did yep. I say a Mecca? Is it's, that? It's Mecca. It's, I mean, he goes by Mecca, Mecca, but it's Mecca, just basketball player. So, all right, I just wanted to make sure I wasn't uh, ruining his name no, there. No, but, you're right. but similar to that role that he played, right, as a graduate transfer. Right. Um, they're just looking at that from you know, think Paul Stores uh, as a kid that that came in. Uh, so they're just looking for another body on the offensive line, and that's where you saw. I uh, want to say, you know, I, I would, I would venture to guess Hayes is actually in California and you might see a few other Juco offers yep, this yep, week. Yep, yep. Uh, but Linwood, uh, Linwood Foy, uh, is the, the young man that got an offer from the Red Raiders today. And, uh, you know, again, just a, another late 2016 qualifier. Uh, but, but a kid that I, I talked to, I talked to our guys at Louisville. He is committed, but he hasn't signed and they confirmed that he's very much still open to the process. Right. He went, he went as far that they, they haven't talked to them on the phone. They've only messaged with him and, you know, I'm making, I'm making the effort to, to do so as well. Um, but at the moment, all they've said is that, you know, a lot of the late interest, once his grades were qualified, it's been kind of overwhelming for him. Up, yeah. yeah. And so he, he, he kind of thought, you know, okay, I'm going to commit to Louisville. But when it came to signing the paperwork and all the other schools that were showing interest, he, he didn't go through with that. So I can see here just on the on the reported offers that I'm just going through this thing. I see Missouri. Obviously, Tech came through today. He's committed to Louisville. But I, I guarantee if we were to get a hold of him, he's talking to a lot more schools. So it, it'll be pretty interesting to see. Every every JUCO kid has their own story. But, again, you know, don't expect any anything crazy. You just need a guy that can provide some depth. Yeah, yeah, I think that's absolutely what you look at and. That was why they brought in uh, a kid like Alex Lasoya for a visit. Uh, don't think he'll get an offer, uh, but he was another kid that was a late 2016 qualifier. And I know that they have. there's a couple other kids on the radar. I believe there's a kid at Blinn. I can't remember his name they were looking at. 
that was going to be a late qualifier as well. So, uh, so yeah, I would say those are kind of the first three. And, uh, and, and yeah, it wouldn't surprise me either, you know, if, if you find, you know, offensive linemen uh, right here. And, and I wonder, too, you know, if they find another kid that's a late qualifier, if they find another transfer uh, here in the next uh, here in the next you know couple weeks, which is kind of right about now, it's kind of that wheelhouse for whenever you start hearing about uh, transfers and kids that are interested in transferring. So uh, keep your ears open for that kind of stuff too. Not necessarily sure if they're gonna you know what they're gonna add or if they're gonna add anything else, but uh, but we'll kind of see on that. Um, I, I guess you know we'll, we'll move on to the other two offers. First of all, we'll talk about uh, and I'm gonna butcher this name because it's one of these Oklahoma small town names. Is it? Uluga, Uluga. I I plead the fifth. I don't know. I'm not like you do. Brock Martin. Uh, (laughs) I'll plead the fifth as well. I'm so sorry, people of that fair town. If I butchered the name of your city, I apologize. Um, but but yeah, you know he visited. We were talking about you know those kids visiting last weekend, and he was one of those uh, prospects that did and uh, got his offer here a couple days ago. And one of those kids that I think a lot like Noah Jones could you know, kind of is, you know, just kind of starting to really figure it out, you know, as far as, you know, what he can be on the defensive line because, you know, tore his ACL last year, uh, last spring, and then only played, I believe, the last eight or nine games of the season and had 17 sacks. So really came on as a junior. And I know that, you know, our buddy Josh McQuistian over at, uh, over at you know, Sooner Scoop kind of said the same thing, that he kind of thought that he might, you know, blow up here in the next couple of weeks. So, uh, so, yeah, you know, that's a good offer. And I think – that was one that's kind of a picture-perfect thing of the process as far as, you know, what Coach Gibbs is talking about, about, you know, getting to know these kids, bringing them in, and then offering them. Sure. Um, and, and I mean, I know that Drew talked to him first. You talked to him about the offer. I mean, from the quotes that I read, right. seemed pretty positive. Um, I know that on the back end of that, though, you know, Tech's going to have to recruit here because it sounds like uh, – TCU and Kansas State are both sniffing around yep, too, yep, yep. and you know nothing would surprise me there in state because he's also what is he like the three time state wrestling champion yep. as well? Yeah, which is so, a big big deal for those kids as far as defensive linemen and what those guys and what coaches look for. Well, sure, and um, you know not only that, but I, I want to say it was like six five what two sixty yeah, already or something. Two sixty, yep. I mean that's that's <laughs> that's measure that's what we call measurables, kids. Yeah, so there's, I mean, that's it's a good offer, right? It's what the guys wanted to see on the board, guys and gals uh, wanted to see on the board, and um, you know, now there you go, you have a new defensive end offer. I mean, it, it seemed like he kind of shied away from the timeline question, or flat out didn't know if he had a timeline for a decision. Yeah, he, he flat uh, told me he didn't. So sure, so so, and that's and that's fair. But you never know. Now uh, could be, you know, Tech has has reached out with the offer and. Uh, you know, that he's visited and from, uh, I guess you could fill in the blanks here, but either used to live in Texas and has yeah. family in the area. I don't, I don't know necessarily where he didn't, he would, he didn't necessarily, you know, elaborate on that, but just said, you know, he had family in Texas and it wouldn't be, and Lubbock wouldn't be a far drive, you know, for his parents from Oklahoma, you know, to go to. So, and he said his mom, I, and I don't know the connection necessarily there either, but has always been a tech fan. So, uh, okay. <laughs> excuse me. <coughs> Woo. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, I, th- I think I think Tech is in good position here early because I think you still were one of the first, you know, Power Five schools to show interest and get him out on a visit. He's going to visit Kansas State this weekend, and then he's going to visit TCU next weekend. And I know TCU is pretty close to pulling the trigger and offering. So, 
so yeah, if you're tech, I think you got in right where you had to get in. So uh, I guess we'll say that on him. Um, moving on to our other offer that happened this week, which would be uh, Dallas Kimball, athlete, uh, quarterback safety, uh, Devondre Johnson, who the Red Raiders have offered as a defensive back, as a safety. And uh, I haven't talked to him. Uh, I think Drew talked to him, right? Correct. Right. So, uh, but, but yeah, I think he's a kid that he was a kid that was supposed to visit last weekend and didn't get to make it. I know he was excited about the trip. Uh, but again, you know, I think you look at a lot of these kids, you know, that the text offered or is text interested in as far as, you know, DBs and linebackers on defense. And it's a lot of these kids that are listed as, you know, athlete types and this kind of thing where you're just kind of trying to find kids that you feel good about their measurables and then teach them from there. You know, similarly to a lot, I think a couple of the kids you, you know, you signed last year. Yeah. I mean, I think with, uh, with Devodrick, I mean, he's, he's an interesting prospect because, um, you know, another kid, six, three, 200 plus pounds. So he's already, he's already got the size and, and at a school like Dallas Kimball, you know, not the, not the powerhouse it once was, but not, not devoid of athletes either. And, you know, he's their top athlete. He's a, he's a kind of a do everything, uh, for the Kimball team and, and he's playing quarterback right now. But I believe right. that, uh, coach Spavadol and coach Gibbs. And then once he joined in, coach Scott have recruited him to play, uh, safety for Texas Tech. Yep. So, yep. um, I know, I know Drew is going to post that story later tonight. Um, and we're talking here on Tuesday night. So all of those details will be out there. But again, right off the bat, uh, you have some, some of those defensive offers and, you know, you sprinkle in another offensive lineman offer. And, you know, that's probably, you know, even if we're turning over every rock that we possibly can, you know, that's probably a fraction of what the coaches are out there doing. Um, they're, they're doing their homework and, and you got to remember more offers will come when they all, come back to Lubbock, sit in the same room and come back Talk with, you know, yeah. yeah, with, with their experiences and, and their thoughts. So, you know, you're going to, you're going to have those discussions and then the, the board is going to, is going to start to shake itself out because you're going to start to see all these new offers. And then that means that, okay, well, you know what we had earlier, we need this option or, Hey, we've seen this kid and, you know, it's all going to change. So I, I still feel like Oklahoma is going to be a, you know, so a source of, of talent for tech this year, but also, you know, both these offers really signify kind of what we've been talking about um, in the fact that Oklahoma will play a part, but also that, you know, Jones is going to continue in South Dallas and he's going to continue to, to, he knows these kids. He knows that community. He knows them before they're four stars, before the three stars. I mean, he, he knows these guys. So I trust his evaluations for the time being and, you know, got to see who all they land, but I really like the start that they've gotten off to. Yeah, I really like the start they've gotten off to, too. And it's worth mentioning, too, that, uh, you know, Coach Jones, like you said, has already been in Dallas and checked out some kids. Uh, no, Coach Spav is in, been in Oklahoma. Uh, and then I, I know that, you know, the coaches have had a hard time, like a lot of other, you know, coaches, getting into Houston the last two days to recruit kids because I know. Uh, several members of staff were trying to get down there on, you know, Sunday night, Monday, and couldn't get in because of the weather. And I think they're going to try to do that here in the next couple of days. So you could see a couple of Houston offers, I think, go out here uh, in the next couple of days. And then, like you said too, Matt, I think, uh, I, you know, I think Coach Foster and Coach Hayes may be out in California looking at some kids right now. So uh, we'll be interesting to see if you see any kids 
get offered out there on the West Coast, including uh, receiver. Um, what's my man's name? I'm just, I'm totally blanking on it right now because I don't have this pulled up. You're talking about new offers? Uh, yeah, possible new offers. The there's a receiver out there they've been talking to, and I'm I can totally not remember his name at all. You're talking about California or Houston? California. Sorry, I should have clarified. Oh uh, no, I'm not sure. That's a kid uh, that. Uh... That Drew had posted about. I got you got me, man. I, I don't know it off the top of my head. Yeah, I can't remember his name either off the top of my head. Um, but I, like I said, California wouldn't surprise me if we see a couple offers. And once these coaches get into Houston, uh, you know, once Co- I know Coach Gibbs and Coach Spav especially get down to Houston, uh, probably see some more offers. What's going to be interesting to me too, as far as uh, offensive offers is going to be, what do you kind of see at, at running back, and what do you kind of see at receiver? Because I still think that at this point. I think running backs may be viewed a little bit as a luxury right now. Like I think if, if they find a, a you know a kid they really like, you know a kid like Omari Samuels was, uh, or maybe even uh, a kid I know you talked to earlier tonight, Matt, uh, which is uh, Abram Smith from Abilene. You wonder if some of those kids might pick up an offer and what the interest is there too, as far as a running back goes. Yeah, I mean we talked about it before, but Coach Foster, I mean he's kind of coming into this thing. Uh, and he can do whatever he wants because he believes in the depth they have right now. But I, I think if he had his choice, he's going to find a, a bigger sure. bodied back. And you know, that's another thing, you know, I, I'm sure that, uh, I, we need to double check on the, on the junior college running back, but you need to see if he made it into town. Tyree Cause Ray you know, the, did not make it yeah, into town. Okay. Well, cause that kid's a tank compared to, you know, right. some of these other kids that we're talking about. So, um, and, I know, and I know he's going to visit LSU the first week of June. So there's some legit interest there with some other schools too. Yeah. So, I mean, you see how they, these things play out, but I think that would be his preference is to find a big old guy like that. Um, and, and I'd be interested to, to get a hold of that young man. I've been trying to search back on his story and it, it seems pretty interesting. So, uh, we'll see where that goes, but I guess all that to say is, yes, I did talk to uh, that the Abilene running back. He got his first offer from Tulsa tonight, and it sounds like SMU and and you know just according to him, Texas Tech is close. How close? You know, I'm sure we'll find out. Uh, but six one two hundred, so you know, not huge, but but not a little guy either. And um, you know, we'll, we'll we'll just see what happens. I mean, there's so many running backs across the state, and. I know that Foster was going to be in Houston, and then he set it out to the West Coast as well. So, like we talked about, you know, probably a month ago, there could be some kids that, you know, maybe that that three, four star level kid that we all know here in in Texas, uh, but we just aren't familiar with California, and maybe he already knows all those guys because he's been sure, yeah. out there at UCLA for three years. So, I think the guys will pop up. You know, running backs. I guess to me, running backs a little less intriguing as each and every defensive offer because they've been sure. so ca- they've been so calculated with what they're doing that you know on the offensive side of the ball you know the the offers already there you just got to see who's going to take them and right. and I don't think anybody knew that you offer is is going to be um anything kind of late breaking I think the that hey uh, excuse me Hayes is going to f- take two other guys plus this late you know enrollee whoever that may or may not be um, and then on the receivers, I mean, you see the guys that they they're reaching out to. They're they're already they already have guys on standby if some of these other offers don't pan out. I mean, Kevin clearly, Ledeen, yeah, Kevin Ledee, Shimon Greenwood. I mean, all these guys. And so it'll just be interesting to see uh, how all of that plays out because um, you, you know you I, I think with with as loaded as a, loaded of a receiver class it is in the state of Texas that they're going to end up with two or three guys that are. Yeah. 
you know, just very sneaky talented. So, um, and anyway, and, and, and Hey, you know, all cards on the table, props to Xavier Martin. I know I put the report up on him, but, um, another service rated him as one of the top dual threat quarterbacks in the nation, bumped him up to a four star. So congrats to him. Uh, you know, I, you know, you and I don't really have an impact on, on ratings, but right. you know, if we did, I, I know certainly we'd, we'd appreciate a, a bump for that guy, but, um, you know, we, we weren't able to have Nick Kruger on this week due to technical difficulties, but we'll have him next week. And, you know, we're not going to ask him about everybody's ratings, but that's just a reminder to say that, you know, we did lose Jason. And so, you know, there are a few bumps in the road as, as the transition occurred. But I think now that Nick's been on the road for the past few months and is now living in Texas, I think you'll start to see, you know, much more coverage and, and you probably have already seen that. So, um, good, good guy. We'll get to know him some more and have him on next week and, and get his thoughts on some of these recruits and, and Texas tech recruiting in general. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, excited for, uh, to kind of hear from Nick and see what uh, his experience has been like, you know, so far in Texas and how he's, you know, kind of felt about his experience so far. And, uh, you know, going back to, you know, going back to Xavier Martin a little bit, I think that, you know, like I said, I saw him last summer, and I saw, you know, what that was before he played his first season as a quarterback and what he can might be, be able to evolve into. And, I, dude, I just think this all goes back to, at this point, whoever Cliff Kingsbury says, that's my quarterback, I think you can feel 100% certain that that's a guy that can ball, don't you? I mean, now I think you have to. I mean, dear uh the the prototype or what you think is the quarterback at the college level, I mean, you know, you have a kid from uh, North Dakota State who's going to go number one overall. Yep. And, and a team that's given up a king's ransom to get him. So, you know, you can't really say – I mean, and those those are two different conversations. I realize that, but what is what is deemed successful by one head coach or uh, the 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 guy behind certain offenses uh, around, you know, is just different. I mean, you've got Avery Davis committed to Notre Dame. I mean, the oldest and most winningest programs in the nation, and you know, they, they don't have a particular type. They just they like what he does and. They gave him a chance. Not a pro-style quarterback at all. Not at all, no. And so, um, so that's that's one style. And then you've got this uh, Tua uh, Taglova kid. I probably screwed that up. Yeah, yeah. yeah, That we talked about a long, long time ago. But you got him. You know, a smaller. I think Tech was like his second offer. Yeah. No, yeah, they were. That's why we talked about it a while back because it was this time last year. But you know, he just left a a visit to uh, Alabama and Auburn. An old miss, uh, for all the way from Hawaii. And, and he's a, you know, a six foot left handed Hawaiian kid. So, you know, I mean, you can't, uh, and you think about, you, you think about too, a kid like Jalen Hurts, who I think that was the kid that tech kind of circled first and foremost last year, you know, as kind of their first, you know, as the yeah. first kid on their board. And he's, you know, he's kind of in the running. Looks like a linebacker. Alabama. When he's in the running to start at Alabama next year already, you know? Well, yeah, he enrolled early. I didn't know he was in the run to start, but I don't really keep up. I mean, so wait, they... He played, uh, he played a ton in their spring game, because I watched a little bit of it. You did? Okay, I didn't watch that. So, I thought the kid that was uh, same class as Stidham, like Barnett... Bar- Barnett is kind of the front runner, but I think I think okay. Hurts is kind of the dark horse at this point. Okay. Well, no, I mean, look, Jalen Hurts is a uh, great kid, uh, super smart, uh, power lifting champion. I mean, I said he looks like a linebacker. He looks like he Dakota Allen. Yep. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I could, I could see it. That'd, that'd be crazy. I mean, you realize channel view, Texas <laughs> to, uh, 
to uh, to Tuscaloosa and starting quarterback at Alabama, that would be nuts. Because I mean, that's that's blue collar town right there. That's I don't know. That's a pretty cool story. That's small town USA as far as like if you know these kids and, and ended up there. But uh, well, but and, but I mean, I guess this whole thing started off. That's the new norm, and I think that's what the conversations morphed into uh, on the message boards as well. You know, Pat Mahomes. I, I saw the subject that oh, okay, well he came in and when Webb hurt his ribs and. You know, he did look like a true freshman. Um, and then the, you, you translate that same thought over to, you know, oh, the Texas spring game. Oh, well, Shane Bouchelle, oh, he's the future. Well, okay. You know, uh, let's put him out there against Oklahoma. It's also, yeah, it's also a See what happens. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, you know what I mean? But, but and same thing would go for, for Mr. Hertz against, uh, you know, LSU in, in, oh, in Baton Rouge, right? But, 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 um, I guess all that to say, you know, Xavier Martin has, uh, you know, has, has really said he wants to be a quarterback. He's really dedicated himself to practicing. You could tell that uh, over the summer. And, and now, you know, just wanted to give him a tip of the hat and, and let him know congrats for the, the notoriety. You know, oh, no. I mean, I think uh, I think it's well-deserved. But, yeah, I mean, just an interesting kind of look at, at how some of that can, can fold out. I mean, um, hell, I mean, even today, just to, to prolong it a little bit more, I saw that uh, Ty Brock from College Station – who is a four star who who uh, didn't really play much last year at all because of a, a broken knee or I'm sorry broken leg broken knee Ouch. broken something broken knee sounds like yeah hurt. and we got to see him I mean I think yeah. I made the comment after the camp he reminded me of a Davis Webb type uh, very similar yeah I would just say. in the way that he's built um, but yeah I mean I, I compare the two and I don't see any much I don't see more upside with one or the other just because one's six four. You know, and I mean, there are things that Xavier Martin's going to do for a football team that Ty Brock will never do, you know. And, and so I guess from a ratings perspective or from a comparisons perspective, I guess it's all in the eye of the beholder. But, yes, to answer your question in a very long fashion, um, you have to trust what Cliff does because look what he's done with Mahomes. Everybody coming into this, they said, Dupin, oh, well, yeah. he, you know, Cliff's not a recruiter. I mean, he, he, only, he had Manziel already was here, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, that haters be quiet on that one. So, I mean, now now you have to respect what he's doing there. Case Keenum, I mean, you just I mean, you just have to see what he's done with every quarterback that he's had his hands on and been able to mold into what he wants him to do. And you can say what you want about, you know, Davis Webb as a, you know, true sophomore and, and as a true freshman, but I think it was I think people really don't appreciate the minor miracle that that 2013 season was. When you had two true freshmen in and out of the lineup all year long with an offensive line that was all a bunch of sophomores and freshmen. Yeah, I mean, that's that's why, you know, that's why reading that thread takes you back to that game. And you're like, you know, you're deflated at that bad. point. Yeah, it was you know, bad. Yeah, because it well, it was a game and then that completely just changed everything, you know, and then you're thinking about the rest of the season you know, you're, you're just thinking about a lot of different things. Why are we wearing these spray painted helmets? You know, <laughs> I call so. them, I call them the uh, the Lubbock County Fair uh, air airbrush helmets is what I call them. <laughs> yeah, well, you didn't see them again last year, so yeah, that's true. And I think there's a reason you did not see them. Sure. <laughs> um, but I just think it goes back to, and I know we've gotten on this quarterback discussion before too. That I think in this day and age, if you're not Alabama 
or you're not one of these very, very few teams left that runs a true pro style because they have the athletes to succeed at a true pro style, you just cannot have a true blue pro style passer in your offense anymore. It just does not work with the way that uh, all these offenses are built and the way these defenses are built to counteract all these, you know, these, these spread offenses now. So I just think you are just so much more dynamic offensively when you have a guy like a Pat Mahomes, like a Trevon Boykin, like a Deshaun Watson, like a, say whatever you want, a Baker Mayfield. Your offenses are just so much more dynamic when you have those kinds of guys running the offense. Well, those guys, I would all describe them as 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 point guards almost. Yeah, uh, I agree. You know, yeah. and and think of now that the NBA playoffs are here. I mean, think of what makes a Steph Curry so good is you know he can hit that shot. So that's you know Pat can make that sixty yard pass off of off of a a, a moving pocket, or right? he can run for it for uh, twenty five yards on you, right? Or he can break down your rush and break a couple tackles and then the guys are even more open and he can reload and throw or he can run. I mean, so I think, you know, him knowing him being dedicated to just football and going through a true spring and a true summer, he's going to know where to go with the football. And for someone, for someone that never tweets, okay, look it up. I mean, it's great. The guy never tweets Kingsbury, I don't even know if it's if like he once every opens like five the, or six months, and that's it. Absolutely, and he's the one that posted the the tape of of Mahomes, so he's excited. Uh, the the team is excited, and um, that that particular tape was uh, for those that may or may not have seen it was was of Mahomes making no look passes, which is and like had, elite, elite, like next level kind of like master level quarterback learning stuff, like you don't do until you're pretty good, like a pretty good quarterback. Well, sure, but even if you just boil it down to the fact that he just knows where the guys are supposed to be, and then you add his instincts and his playmaking capabilities, I mean, it's just going to make it very difficult on the opposing defense. So if that offensive line can come together and gel in some of those first non-conference games and um, strengthen up when it comes time to get into conference play, I think that he can. he's that type of a player that can really kind of change what happens with For this sure. team this season. For sure, and... And I guess going back to our spring game, com- to my spring game comments real quick, and uh, just something that kind of crossed my mind, you know, talking about this with Pat is, I think both times that I saw him this spring, the most noticeable jump I saw for him as a quarterback was, unlike last year, especially through the first, you know, six seven games last year, where even if you know he had a perfect pocket, you know, he tried to roll it out because he likes throwing from the flats. I think to be honest, better sometimes naturally than he does throwing from the pocket. And I think that's where he's made a lot of his hay, uh, you know, on these big plays. So, But the thing I notice the most is he stays in the pocket more uh, and he kind of feels out the pressure. And unless he has to get out of the pocket, he really didn't roll out unless it was a designed rollout as much. So I think when you see him take that kind of step, which is kind of similarly the kind of step that you saw a guy like Trevon Boykin take, I think, going into his junior year from his sophomore year, where he wasn't obviously nearly as dynamic of a passer as, as Pat was, but uh, it's kind of that similar jump where you go from being a guy that makes a lot of, you know, incredible plays to being a really, really good quarterback that also makes a lot of plays, you know? No, I totally agree. I mean, I think, 
you know, that's that's the exciting part about this upcoming season. And, um, you know, I can just leave it at that. Um, yep. you, a lot's a lot's riding on that. But all that to say, I mean, all that conversation I thought was interesting because all that to say, um, you know, you've got a guy like that. And we're talking about Xavier Martin, but you're also seeing progression and, and growth from Jet Duffy. So um, even in some of those earlier games, if the coaches are truly OK with burning his shirt, you know, you might see, see him I in think- there. Uh, I think I don't think you're going to see him in there. They they he, I know. Didn't, he didn't play at all in the in the, in the scrimmage on uh, on Friday except for the very very last series. So that's and I was going to say or you know Shimanik who it, it sounded like got really more good, yeah. yeah got more run. So yeah, either which way. But yeah, I mean anyway, we could probably keep talking about that and we keep talking about that. Um, I know we've got a few questions to get to before we wrap this thing up as well. We certainly do have a good few questions to get to, and we will start with Twitter questions. Wanted to thank a couple of you guys for submitting Twitter questions this week. If you're listening to us through Twitter, uh, you know, keep listening, keep submitting questions. You know, we love you know answering what you guys ask us because you guys a lot of times I think uh, have a different perspective than either of us do, and uh, ask us stuff you know that, that that we don't think about, and I think gives a lot of good perspective. So. Uh, we we'll go to the first question, which is from uh, Josh Goolsby6, which says, uh, and this is a spring game question, how much has, has improved on stopping the run? And with the young O-line, and will the young O-line be a problem for Pat and the running backs? And I know you didn't get to see any of this, Matt, so I'll, I guess I'll just kind of answer this. Uh, is, is first off, I'll say stopping the run, the, the biggest key is going to be, and, and not even as much your defensive line, I think, as you now have linebackers that are a year older to kind of have a better feel for the system and where they need to be as far as filling gaps and what they're supposed to do. And I think a lot of a lot of your problems, honestly, last year wasn't necessarily the defensive line, as, as crazy as that is to believe. I think a lot of the problem was your linebackers making a wrong step and then a guy, you know, going through a hole for nine yards before somebody in the secondary tackled him just because a guy made a wrong step as far as a linebacker. And I think having guys like Dakota Allen, Devontae Hinton, and Malik Jenkins, who the coaches raved about all spring as far as making a, a big step forward, uh, I think you'll probably, I think you will see a, a step forward in run defense simply because you, I don't think you could get any worse. I just don't think you can get any worse than you were a year ago, and I say that every year. I feel like, but uh, don't think you can get any worse. And as far as the young offensive line being a problem for Pat and the running backs. I think you're very confident still in what Balen Brown gives you, and I think right now the plan is for him to play tackle, uh, whether that's left or right. We'll kind of see how these young guys develop, and then you're going to have Tony Morales at center, who's also gotten really good reviews from everybody I've talked to this this spring, and just kind of how much he's grown now that you know he's healthy and he's been able to go through a whole off season, you know, healthy. So. Really excited to see what both those guys do. And then you have Justin Murphy coming back in the fall. So so really three of your five starters are guys that you've seen playing in the past. You, you obviously lose the Raven Clark and Jared Castor there. But you've got two really, really talented young guys in Terrence Steele and Madison Akamnanu that just need some reps, I think, at this point. And when you have young offensive linemen, they just need time to learn and, and figure out figure it out in-game situations. So I, talent is not the issue at all. I just think it's purely a matter of those guys getting chemistry together. So... That is how I will answer that question. You have anything to add to that, Matthew? No, I mean you you said it best. I wasn't there, so I I won't uh, sit here and speculate on on what needs to happen. Um, those guys are going to progress, and I guess the only thing that I'll say is is the guys that are already there are going to spend a lot of time in the weight room. Those guys are going to get back on the field in early June, so uh, there's still a lot more development before the season gets here as well. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And then uh, another question, this comes from Taylor Beals at TB2 asks, what's y'all's post-spring predictions for the regular season? And again, uh, just kind of going back to what I just said, I think that you're still kind of on the same trajectory you were uh, before spring ball. I think it all, you're, you're going to have a dynamic offense no matter what with a guy like Mahomes leading the charge. I just think you are. You're going to score a lot of points on people. And I don't think you need to worry about that. The the part you worry about is is does this defense get better? You know, do they get more turnovers? You know, does the offense turn it over less? And I think those are the things you, that you see that you kind of ask yourself. You know, where does this defense get better or not? Because you'll, and it kind of also depends on how your schedule plays out and how good everybody else is too. So I think this is always a really hard answer question to answer. But I, I do think that you're still on track for a similar season to last year. Another eight. You know, seven, eight win, maybe nine if you have a really, you know, have a lot of breaks your way kind of season again. And then I think you point to 17 kind of as your big year. So so I would say it's kind of the same. And, and just from what you know, Matt, wouldn't you say that's kind of the, the same kind of deal? I mean, yeah, to me, it's too early for predictions. I want to I want to see how the offseason goes. I want to I want to see what the reports are in, in a July or even late July uh, on some of these incoming freshmen because you brought up linebackers and, and all that sounded great, but where's the depth beyond that? And what happens when you're playing? It's true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so there's, there's going to be some good, there's going to be some bad, there's going to be some, you know, Oh my gosh, this guy's injured. What do they do now? And, you know, everybody wants to say good things about the defensive line, but I guarantee you, if you ask 10 people on the website, you know, having a beer with them, they're like, I'm really worried about the defensive line. You know, I mean, there's, there's, it's great to see that there are kids with experience and that there's some transfers and all that. But what do you really know that gives you anything, any indication that, that this team is going to be able to, you know, Stay in a fist fight with a Texas or an Oklahoma or some of these other schools and that's in the been conference. The difference, I think. Yeah, I mean, when when uh, when you're playing TCU and you've you've got them against the ropes and you're off to a hot start, um, you know, nothing nothing ruins that like a nice sixty yard touchdown run, right? Yeah. So I mean, you know, it's the little things like that, and I think you know a lot of people. You know, a lot more people are positive because it's the second year in Gibbs defense. But those are the things that that are legitimate concerns. So, you know, we'll we'll see how it shakes out. We will. And I think, too, the further along you get in the defense and the further along you get. Here's here's just kind of how I view football and how good or bad teams are in general. Let's just say everyone has the base same uh, football team. Let's just say everyone has the same talent level. So everyone has the same margin of error across the board. Like, it's a perfect, even margin of error. So when teams start getting more talent and more depth, that margin of error goes up considerably. So I think that's what you're working on at this point. You want your margin of error to keep going up. Because the last two years, and really, you know, over the last half decade, you've been playing with such a razor-thin margin of error as far as how many mistakes you can make or, or not and win football games. And that manifests itself... Like you said, when one guy gives up, you know, you look back at the Oklahoma State game whenever uh, Tevin Madison, you know, gives up that like 65-yard, 70-yard touchdown to James Washington at the end of that game that seals it for Oklahoma State. You look at, 
You look at LSU whenever they break off a big run or two or they had a couple of those big throws downfield. And you look at all that, and the biggest thing that comes from that, in my opinion, is being late in games and you don't have any depth. Uh, and all these guys that your starters have all played, you know, 85, 95 snaps, and they're all just so worn out at the end of these games and gassed that you get beat on some of that stuff. So I think the biggest thing moving forward will be depth. And while your depth is going to be a bunch of youth and all these kind of things and they're going to make mistakes, I think you feel good about the talent level as far as the depth goes. Yeah, I mean, talent level, no doubt. How it comes together and, you know, uh, how how much this guy or that guy uh, understands the defense both in and out. There's a lot of moving uh, parts, yeah. Yeah, that's, a, you know, that's going to be important. I mean, it's great to see, you know, progress in the offseason, but when it's the third, fourth quarter and you're in uh, Norman, Oklahoma, or you're in Arlington against Baylor, I mean, you're not going to be talking about the depth or you're not going to be talking about that. You're going to be talking about why did that guy completely miss the gap or, you know, we've got all these injuries. Who who are these guys? I mean, it it always seems to be something, right? So, I mean, knock on wood, you know, everything will be fine injury wise. Nobody ever wants to talk about that, but we do have to account for the depth at certain positions. And, you know, I guess just going into the, the spring, if we're being brutally honest and going into this summer, you know, you're happy that you have some more depth on the defensive line. You're you're excited at what Colin Hill and, and Pipkins could possibly bring, but you are completely uh, kind of reshuffling the deck outside of those core uh, young guys that are now second year players, third year players in Fajoko, Hinton, Allen, and Johnson up that middle, um, and, and hoping to to get some coverage on the outside as well as some semblance of a, a rush. Uh, but but you sure. get the feeling, you also get the feeling that, that Gibbs is gonna let those guys kind of, uh, you know, let it rip every once in a while too. I mean, you, you said it yourself. You saw a few more uh, blitzing packages and, and some pressured packages. So hopefully they'll be able to build on on that uh, continuing through in the off season. And I know I know I've seen some guys that are you know around coaching circles and these kind of things post it in the past. And it's a point you hit on the head where. Gibbs a lot of the times calls really good defenses, and I think there were there were stretches in these games last year. I think you look at the first half against Texas, you look at uh, that kind of stretch there, late third, early fourth against TCU, the first half against Oklahoma State, the first half against Kansas State, and you've seen this this tech defense, you know, play some good stretches where you're like, well, where's this been? You know, you know where they would they would play well. And I think a lot of that had to do with Gibbs, you know, calling really good defenses. The problem with that is it doesn't matter how much and how good that Coach Gibbs is at calling defenses if the players aren't all on the same page with him and aren't all uh, kind of synced up with him. Because I know of several times last year on big, big plays when they gave up something, it was because of a busted coverage or, like you said, someone shot the wrong gap or any of those kind of things. And that's all a time thing with you – uh, as these young players get older, just kind of figuring things out. And uh, and that's the biggest thing for me is these guys just getting to learn his defense because I think once a lot of these guys really kind of settle in defensively with him, I think you'll see the big – that's when you'll see the biggest uptick, don't you? No, absolutely. Um, and, and it'll come. And I think that it could even come together later in the season. Uh, but I, I do think that, that – and most fans that are realistic, they're, they're going to expect – you know, a little bit of, of a, you know, of a coming together. Uh, but I think if, as long as you can, as long as you can eliminate some of those big yardage plays, some That's of those, the thing, is the big you know, plays, plays that, yep. that just, 
quickly score points. And, uh, you know, because I just think that if they take full advantage of the points being scored on offense and can truly buy into where they're supposed to be on defense and then apply that uh, hunger for turnovers, I mean, think Oklahoma State. Uh, That's the think, perfect you know, 2011, yep. Yeah, I mean, think about what those guys were doing and how they were winning football games. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't take a lot and I'm not I'm not going to predict some dramatic turnaround, but I do think these guys can put it together and, and you know, win eight or nine games. How they do it, will it be pretty? You know, maybe not, but I just I think the talent's there and, and it's such an intriguing season because, you know, a lot of the guys that were just that household name they aren't around anymore, and so Pat, he's a household name, but he's still he been on campus for two years. Yeah. yeah, but you know what I mean. But he's but he's been around for two years, and so um, it'll be interesting to see who else kind of becomes that guy. No, it, it absolutely will be be interesting to see who becomes that guy. That guy, and uh, I, I just think that the biggest thing right now is, is just like I said, is just letting you know Kosha Gibbs get his hands on these guys for another three, four months and really teach them more about this defense and what he wants to do with it. Because if if you if his defense runs like he wants it to, then he wants to stop the run on first and second down and force you into third into you know perfect world into these third these third down pass situations. And if you get David Gibbs's defense into these third down pass situations, based off of him just kind of his him as a coach, that's when he's got you right where he wants you because that's whenever he baits all these guys into throwing all these picks and and doing all these things when he sugars all these coverages and do all those kind of things. And that's when you saw a lot of, you know, their good picks last year and, and pointing to the Oklahoma state thing that year that they won the big 12 in 2011, when they had a dynamic offense, did, did you realize that defense was ranked 107th overall? Like they weren't, no, I didn't. They, weren't that's... they weren't statistically a good defense at all. Exactly. They were just, they were, uh, they were make, they were getting turnovers and, well, they you know, had like 40 I, or like 38. It, it was an insane. It, number. Exactly. It's going to be very difficult, but I guess just something similar to that. That's it. That's, you're going to have to go to one extreme or the other. And, and we've talked about that too. I mean, how many turnovers do they get? How, you know, how much does it increase? I mean, you could look at it a couple of different ways, but, um, the end of the day, I mean, when, when the offense is scoring, I don't know, I guess that's the frustration of the Big 12 or, you know, college football in general nowadays is, you know, you're going to score 42, 45 points on average. You know, you'd like to think and that, it's not that a you guarantee. Could, yeah. you, you'd like to think you could put those games away, but, you know, we've seen some wild stuff here over the past few years with spread offenses and the lack of, uh, lack of defense. It is truly, you know, we talked about, I made the reference to these quarterbacks being like point guards. I mean, this is a, uh, this is an up and down full court type of uh, thing when these like offenses get humming. Offense, yeah, moving like transition offense basically. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, that's a, that's all I've got on those guys. We got any other questions? Uh, no, we don't have any other questions on Twitter. Uh, those questions on the board were kind of uh, pointed towards Nick. We can, I mean, we can answer them if we want to. It's just kind of up to you, Matt. But those are kind of more pointed toward Nick, and and we can kind of do whatever there. Uh, no, I, I say we hold those. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah I because I'd rather let Nick, uh, answer those and, and we can always take questions about recruiting in general, both in the chat and yep. next week's podcast as well. But, uh, no, I mean, you know, I, I think everything, the, the, the grit, the good part uh, is that all the effort is not, you know, wasted. I mean, every single thing that we've been talking about over the past month 
is starting to happen. I think that once more and more offers go out and once more and more visits are taken, you're going to start seeing this thing come together. I think, you know, you Just talk like about last the, year, I think. Just like it yeah, last year, yeah. And and maybe not identical, but but it's going to pick up that momentum. And I think one of the most frustrating parts when you cancel the spring game, not not only was it that that weather didn't come, but then you're getting updates from the Texas spring game. You're getting updates from you know this spring game, that spring game, Nebraska, and all these. You're seeing all this stuff going on, and you're like, oh, okay. I mean, so so I think people are just really wanting some of these updates, sure. and so you got. You got three new offers. It's only Tuesday. Um, the coaches are on the road for the rest of the month, and you know there's three more days in the week. So you know, call it another two, three offers, and, and I think a lot of people will be you know excited about what they see. Absolutely, I 100% agree with you, and I will not uh, elaborate on that any further. Is uh, anything else you would like to uh, share with people before we close this bad boy out? Uh, no, man. Um, I've got uh, I got like a seven on seven deal down here in Houston this weekend, and then um, hopefully some more camps and and some more stops. I mean, the the high schools are kind of starting some of those pre workouts, and then they'll actually start their installations and, and spring games and whatnot uh, later in the month. So I'll yep. definitely get around here in Houston and try to meet up with some of these guys that, that become, uh, you know, prospects for, for this staff. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Once again, thanks so much for listening guys. This is the victory bells podcast. I'm will he's Matt and hope you guys have a great rest of your week.